as I was saying before, we're not going to uh, give any respite or hold up. Uh, I really, really want to touch on this subject because it's something I, 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 me, 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 have, have, I have personally been affected by. Uh, but Manisha works in this, in this uh, kind of environment and, again, through some of these initiatives as well. Uh, I want to go into uh, racism uh, in, in football, but obviously it's going to probably cover a little bit of racism uh, overall as a, as a topic. And uh, Manisha, what, what kind of part are you playing at, at the moment? You're so I'm one of their education workers and um, Show Racism Red Card is an anti-racism charity and it delivers education work to young people. So primary schools, secondary schools, uh, colleges, it is strongly linked to um, several unions and um, it, with, with regards to, to the work, it's mainly around using football as a tool to engage young people in talking about um, different aspects of uh, equality. So racism being one of them, but what, what we're also now finding, and I guess what the charity is also finding is that there's an increase in hate crime in certain areas. So where there's an increase in hate crime, it's not just specific to race. There are also other protected characteristics uh, within that. So um, although it's an anti-racism charity, it does do work in looking at diversity and inclusion as a whole. Yeah, yeah. smash it. And, and is, that, is that kind of... I don't know how long your days are, but you, it's obviously more than 24 hours in, in your day. And so this, does this work alongside, you know, some of your, your current work with QPR as well? Or are you going, are you giving again your time and energy to, uh, uh, to push this course through as well? So um, when, I, uh, when I was part-time at QPR, I was able to deliver more workshops um, that, than, I, than I can when I became full time. Yeah. So I still, what I still do is um, I, I commit to at least one or two a month. So I'll, I'll yeah. do that on my days off. So on my, on my days off from the club is where I, um, I still continue to, to do work, whether it's in mental health or, or the equality work. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So, now, causes, yeah. it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to, bring it back to, I'm going to start off like uh, the, the intro of my experiences, which then will, I'm sure will lead into getting some uh, input from you, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, so when I, when I was 18, I, I joined the Air Force. I, I joined the British uh, military. And uh, it, I, I can't even believe that it just seems unreal to talk about it now. But even at 18, this is kind of how much myself and other people have grown and, and matured and just gained more knowledge uh, about the topic, which rightly or wrongly, may, maybe you didn't know before. So I joined the military at 18 and we're in a, I forgot the word, but we're in a, your, your team is of around uh, 50 people. It might be uh, 30 males, 20 females or vice versa. Now out of, uh, all of my group, there was only one black person. Uh, it, it was a black male, and this sounds this is this is terrible, but this is how much things have changed for the better. But there's so much work to go on, and it shows you how 
back in the stone age we were even a few years ago when I was 18. So to this day, I still do not know his name, even though we was friends, because what we got used to calling him by his name was passed down from our instructors, our adult respected instructors. And also all the, there's a, at the time, a lot more older people than me who, who were joined up. You know, there's some 30 year olds got joined up. I, I, was, I, I was pretty young, one of the youngest. And what we knew this guy as, his name was Snowy. Now this comes back from uh, the name used in a movie, uh, some, some war or military movie, where uh, there was a black soldier called, nicknamed Snowy. And everybody called him Snowy. And yeah, it's, there's so many aspects or, or views to look at this. He seemed okay with it. But now I'm thinking, did he just accept it? Because everybody called him by this nickname, even the instructors, just everyone. And now from going into something else, which I've experienced uh, uh, lately in my life, now I can't get round how, how that happened and how easily it was accepted, whether or not he was comfortable with it or not just how easy it was for everyone to just fall in line and, 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 and use this just like it was nothing. And that kind of shows you really, even then in the, in the 21st century of, yeah, only just uh, the year 20, 2000, it's, I, I, I don't know, uh, to, to me it's just unreal. Now, when I go fast forward a lot of years to my time in Ghana, uh, I was then, uh, okay, to use his nickname, I was then Snowy. I go to Ghana. Yes, I'm the, the head coach and everyone wants to know about me and everything and it's exciting. But in my, in my area, in the town, in, in, the, in the county, in the region, I'm one of the only few um, foreigners or, or white people. Now, treated very, very well, treated excellently, but... As a coach, every away match I went to, I was racially abused. Now, it took me a while to actually uh, understand or, or recognize if it was racially abused, because I don't think I've ever been racially abused before. And it wasn't until I felt alone and the absolute minority that I thought, you know what, I think I, think I am. And I'll go there and uh, the crowd will be shouting stuff at me. Uh, white man, F off home, white man, go back to your effing white woman and, and everything. And I remember trying not to let it get to me and thinking that, that this is okay, you know, maybe they don't know any better, maybe they're just trying to put me off. And then they started saying it to my players, calling my players slaves, look, you're just the white man's slave. <clears throat> and that's when it really, really uh, had an effect. And I thought, you know what? For anyone what hasn't gone through this, um, I don't think you really know how it feels. So just me in that short time to feel like that, I cannot imagine how it feels like to uh, uh, black or minority ethnic uh, people in the UK to go through that daily. I think it, so if I think about, if, if I link it to um, base it around football, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm at a diverse club. Yeah. So 
um, it, you know, it, we have uh, people of all, all skin color and I'm surrounded by people of all skin color. So I've never been made to feel um, any different in, in that regard. Now, personally, um, and from conversations with others in the professional game, not to say that there isn't um, an issue with, with race, uh, I, I've experienced more, um, more indifference with regards to being female. So yeah. I think that um, it's obvious statistically that there is an imbalance in the professional game. Uh, but what I will say is that I know that there are initiatives that are trying um, to, to help the cause. Yeah. And me being on the ECAS with the Premier League is one of those initiatives. So, uh, but the FA have got several other initiatives. But I think um, having the initiatives is really important because it's a way of highlighting that actually there's something that we do need to resolve. What you also need to also look at, and again, I'm just going to bring this to the, to the professional game, is um, in trying to redress the balance, you also need to have a look at the cohort of people that are there available to be able to do the certain jobs. Yes. So yeah. if you haven't got the cohort of people or have a mass in the cohort of people available who can at least be in the run in to apply for the job, it reduces the numbers anyway. So that, that's one area. And then the, the third thing um, as a contributing factor is you need, you need people who are visionary, who are forward thinking and look beyond race, gender and any other protected characteristics. So ordinarily, if it isn't for our owners, if it's not for Les, if it's like Les Ferdinand, if it's not for people like Chris Ramsey, um, who yes have been through adversity themselves and you know and it's because of people like them that people like me and others have um have opportunities yeah. but if it's not for them if it's not for them being visionary and the people who are the decision makers in allowing people like myself and others to have these jobs um you, you we, we don't have any hope in redressing the balance so i think you've got that there's many factors you need support. You need support from governing bodies, which I do. I can see that there are. There is. Uh, it's a lot better now. Yeah. Uh, you need um, visionary. You need those who are visionary and decision makers who can influence people uh, to provide them with opportunities. And what what a massive point that is when you're talking about the the pool of interested let's say coaches from Bami background just in a, a, as an example awareness isn't just about being aware of racism it's also trying to motivate and inspire others just like you said if 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 les fernand if, if, if chris wasn't doing what they do you know even yourself if there wasn't any role models doing this the awareness shrinks the, the awareness is limited so racial awareness it, it means more than just identifying what's right or wrong and what you can say and what you can't say it, it it's trying to get actual people to believe 
in themselves and that they can achieve things which maybe they thought that they wasn't allowed to or that maybe they thought that the opportunity wasn't there for them. So strong role models, visionaries, what a, what a great word. That is also what awareness is about. And yeah, as you quite rightly said as well, football associations are putting a lot of time and effort and backing into, into new initiatives. And you, you can see the numbers show. You can see it working. There's always going to be more, more work to do. Uh, but it's certainly getting a, bringing up a lot more awareness and just I, I, can't, I can't imagine the, the, the power and the influence that good role models and visionaries can have to others. And if it can continue, thing, things can change. Things can change in the better. Just before we move on, Nisha, if you don't mind, I'll just ask it a cup for, for myself. I haven't lived in the UK for a really long time and... I, I just wanted, for, and maybe for other coaches, um, maybe outside the UK or coaches that don't understand, or people who aren't coaches who are just listening in, it's, it's Mental Health Week. And why does it still exist? Like what, what is, is, is it a people problem? Or obviously it's a people problem, but why, why do you think it still exists in the game of football? Whereas it's been completely, not completely, but it, other industries have taken far greater steps forward. But why hasn't football? I think it's a I think it's a societal problem, and it you know if we look at um, media for example, media is still hugely underrepresented, and media is uh, are putting things in place generally to have more representation um, with with presenters where they're not just behind the camera they're actually in front of the camera. I remember when I was uh, in the early 2000s, when I was teaching, there were very few ethnic minority senior leaders and senior head teachers. I was one of them that was put on a program for black and Asian minority ethnic leaders. So, you know, across in terms of across industry. So I'm say, I, I'm seeing it. I've seen it from when I was um, when I was progressing through my teaching career. And uh, one of the schools I worked in was very diverse. And there was a black head teacher. However, that was not the norm. You know, generally there was still uh, an imbalance of those uh, in senior positions. There's still an imbalance with those in boardrooms. And we think about football. Um, th there's a real imbalance at boardroom level, and because of that, that then trickles down. And then when you when I now like that working in the professional game, when I look at that. Um, it, it comes from the decision makers. Now, you do not have to be ethnic minority to have empathy, but you do have to have empathy and you have to have transparency in your processes because that transparency and that empathy allows for uh, opportun diverse opportunities. That's what it allows for. So until, until we can redress that uh, around the old boys club, and until we can, um, until we can, you know, open uh, and create transparency with recruitment processes, I think it's really challenging, and I think it's really difficult. Now there are initiatives being put in place, like I said, and I think that it's moving, but it's not moving quick enough. And for it to move quick, you need people who are in positions of influence. You need uh, role models. 
whether it's uh, those in coaching, those in management, but players who are from diverse backgrounds to actually make a stand. And some of them are doing that, doing that now, which is great because they have influence. They have fan following. They have people who will listen to them. So th those, if those people can, can speak up and be honest and be bold, it will then allow and help the next generation of those who want to gain a career within and around the game. Yes, yes. And and going going back to the the point where you mentioned being female tends to be one of the the biggest stigmas. Now, I, from experience, from being a, a general manager, if you're a very very good not that I am a very very good manager, you want to surround yourself with people who are different than yourself. You want females. You want males different ethnicities and you, you, you need to be surrounded by a different thought process. It may be from experiences. It, if, if at boardroom level, especially because I, I've, I've worked with some boardrooms as well, and it's exactly how people would imagine it to be. It, it's missing a lot of variation. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, why wouldn't you surround yourself with as many people as possible who are right the job or can do their job very very well because that's what it comes down to it doesn't matter uh, who you are it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter what creed color you are it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair if you can do the job better than the next person you are the right person for the job and this goes down to coaching and football management as well there is no reason why uh, i hope in the near future there cannot be uh, a female head coach with a male assistant in the Premier League or a male head coach with a female assistant, first team in a men's game. It should be the best person for the job. And just going back to, uh, to, to what you said, Manisha, uh, what kind of, have you got any examples, just a couple of examples of where you felt you, you've kind of been unfairly ruled against for being a, a female? Um, see, the, the thing with, with, with this is, um, you cannot, it, it becomes very challenging when it's not so obvious. So it's the, the things that are not so obvious are where, for instance, um, as a line manager, you're undermined. However, if a male member of staff gives a similar or same instruction, it's followed. Yeah. And not on one occasion, but where it's been, you know, it's several times. It's where you may be sidelined or silenced. Um, it may be where, uh, not overtly, but you're not, you're not directly included, yeah. um, you know, or where your, your, you know, the opinions may not be as valued as, as maybe some of the, the male counterparts. So it's things that, you know, it's not so obvious. Now, what I will say is that where I've been fortunate, I've been hugely supported by, uh, by the club, but also in my, in my build up to my co in my coaching career, you know, um, actually, uh, very strong, knowledgeable white male coaches. And I'll make a point of that because um, they've been incredible in my journey, like Alex Welsh, um, you know, there's, there's Colin Reed, there's a number of coaches who've been really, you know, um, uh, like Tommy Yildon, very supportive in terms of my, my journey. But equally, they've been ethnic minority educators like you know uh like peter augustine like matthew joseph 
um, like Corey Donahue, who, who have been supportive too. So it, for me personally, um, I, I recognize that there's an imbalance. Okay, and it's that that's obvious. However, I'm at a club where in terms of a race imbalance isn't really the issue. Yeah. It's I'm you know, it's and this is not just football. I'm saying that our club is a visionary club. Otherwise, me being a female and me being an ethnic minority female, I wouldn't be um, and also being able to do the job because it's not tokenistic, uh, being the position that I'm in. However, speaking to colleagues uh, in, uh, in football um, who are female, there are experiences of being, um, you know, not listened to and being silenced and, and equally me. So for me, it's, I think that there's, a, there's more to be done for females within the professional game because I've experienced that. Okay? I've experienced um, it, and it been really challenging and it's been taken it's you know it's taken a lot of persistence and you have to be a lot of, you have to be very resilient in managing an environment managing within the environment when you are minority within that majority group there is nobody uh who is of indian heritage who is female doing the job that i'm doing in all 92 93 clubs so that's going to pose a challenge it's going to pose many challenges but so, i have yeah. i have chris's backing but because i have chris's backing and chris's support um i can lean on his knowledge and his experience and i have the support of like our academy director and the club but that doesn't mean you know that doesn't mean to say that these these subliminal things do not exist for sure for sure they do exist but that's not i don't blame people individually for that that's a cultural thing. That's, a, that's about football culture. And that's about um, having visionaries to help change the football culture. So the, the, the more I can continue to, to do my job and do my job well and learn, the more we can change the culture of yeah. what, what the, the dynamics look like. And then you can help, help pave the way for more to come in because that's what you want. But managing the environment is, um, is key. And for me, that's one of my developmental tools it's about how i manage the manage the, the football culture and manage that football environment within the professional game just to kind of bring that uh, topic to a close as well james have you had any experiences uh with your time in in, in football in in bangladesh even or or, or vietnam uh, with regards to females in football or racism um yeah yeah, just before we do move on to that, I think it, what coaches, well, for me and guys, you correct me if you think I'm wrong. It just seems that we as footballers, we in the football industry, we need to promote the education of our, of our counterparts to ensure that these things change. And as I said, I think you said that you're the only person in your, in your position, Manisha. So you're a pioneer for what's going on now. So hopefully it, it can continue. But I think it's, and I don't know how that works. I don't know how you, how, obviously we know how to create cultural change. Um, if we look at it, if we go into one football club, but cultural change in, in, in 92 football clubs, it's going to be difficult. So I really think that the, the, the initiatives that you're involved in, the FA 
media and football clubs really need to give them more visibility because they, that's the only way we're going to get we're going to get past it because it, it's it just seems so archaic that it's still an issue i just i don't know like personally i just can't get my head around it um so hopefully uh football anyone who's listening out there who's uh in the boardroom level or is in a in a in a position where they can influence decision making let's help let's help our people in our football clubs understand more and then hopefully we'll be able to move forward from there now in terms of um women in football racism i i don't know if i'm i'm, I'm very lucky i must be quite lucky matt uh, i lived in korea before i lived in vietnam and i've recently been in bangladesh and whereas the, yeah, there isn't a lot of women in football in any of those countries so they've got a lot a lot further to go than the uk has um but in terms of racism i i, I haven't really experienced it that much in terms of one thing that is the evidence is um how national pride uh, homogenous society people in korea and in vietnam are very proud of their, their their culture their their identity and that sometimes might be viewed uh, negatively towards um uh, people who are, are not vietnamese or not korean um, white people from europe um black people from africa or, or south america or white but it's not really an issue so much there isn't that much um hate in these countries it's uh, when you when there's foreigners around and i think more more so it would be termed a foreigner you're a foreigner um i think that would be more but i don't think it quite lucky so i think i mentioned uh, something earlier that in vietnam i've been involved with with what we are what we call the african team vietnam for the last five years and we're known as or the the african players who, who are black with the the white coach um, but that isn't seen as an insult. It's just yeah. the way it is, and it's not kind of seen. And it's not, fact, kind of. Yeah, and it's and it's not mentioned as an insult. It's just that's what it is, and it's it's kind of a it's something that's actually seen as oh yeah, there they are. They're, they're good. They are. That's they're really good. We want to watch them. No, um, exactly. You're you're right in what you say. Because in, in Chinese, the word foreigner is Waigoren. So in yeah, China yeah. or Taiwan, people will basically call you foreigner. They'll be like, oh, Waigoren, or Waigoren's waiting to buy some fruit or something. And yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. kind of just, even the kids, they point at you and, and uh, with a mum and dad say, oh, it's a Waigoren. And I say, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, right and like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think it is kind of, there can be some differences abroad in Asia. Contextual, yeah. Um, and in Bangladesh, it's just everybody's everybody's keen to know about you. They want to know where you've come <laughs> from, why you why why you're here. Um, do you like Bangladesh? Everybody's yeah, very 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 welcoming. That's the only thing I can say. And the only time you could maybe say that there is some un, undirect, indirect racism is when. There's always a, when you're playing games then and you're a foreigners or there's a group that there might be some speculative decision making but that's not because they don't want you to win it's because they're so proud about their own you know, yeah. and that's just um so we're very lucky as as far as a foreigner 
who is a minority in the country that I've lived in for the last, how many, how many now years? Coming up 16 years. I'm very lucky. And I think that as a minority in, in Asia, I think that the UK can learn so much from other countries. We think that we're, we, when we're in the UK, we, we are so, much, so developed in so many different manners, our industry, our infrastructure, our education system. But we really could learn from other countries about acceptance and- I, I think so, I think so. But I don't, yeah, but you can't even say it's about diverse things. We're such a diverse nation in the United, United Kingdom. So. I don't quite, I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't know enough, no, but me, I think it's acceptance. Uh, I think neither. it's but, um, but what you're saying is move to Vietnam. You're, you're saying the solution is everyone go and move to Vietnam. <laughs> Manisha, uh, just I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I don't know. Maybe I'm not understanding everything. Maybe I'm being insulted, <laughs> but I don't understand it. So I don't care. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I see it. Manisha, just one, one very, very last quick question because I'm not going to keep you any longer. Uh, time has flown by once again. Would you consider coaching in another country and how would you expect to kind of be received? Have you got any preconceptions? Uh, 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 I don't even know the word to explain it. How do you think you would be perceived in other countries? Um, I, I don't have any preconceived uh, ideas and I, I, I think if there's an opportunity then you know uh, then it's something that I would I would definitely look into. Uh, what I've been able to do um, is I, I've been quite fortunate to gain some experiences uh, where where I've done coaching camps. So uh, I've done done one in, in a couple in Canada. Uh, I've been to um, I've taught in Naples, uh, in Belgium, in Cyprus. So um, it you know, and although that's been quite short, so it's been for a week or it's been for a couple of weeks. Um, I, in that time, I didn't feel that I was made to, to, to be, uh, any, you know, any, any different. different I, yeah. I think if I'm honest, it was, it was no difference. I remember Naples, it was no different to, um, in some respect, not, uh, being in another borough that may not be so diverse in London. So di yeah. London yeah. is very diverse. So if, if we, if I, when I look at other catchments in, in the UK, they're not as diverse. And it was no different to that where, you know, you might get a little stare, but when you've had that all your life, it's almost uh, normal because you're so used to it. You know, when I, when I, I remember when I delivered some work for Show Races and the Red Card um, in, 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 in Essex, um, uh, you know, and there, there are several areas in Essex that are, that are not diverse uh, with regards to, to 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 ethnicity, and it's it's you know it's been no how in terms of how you're you're received, uh, it hasn't been negative, but you you also recognise that um, they they perhaps do not see as many uh, racially mixed people. Yeah. Um, on the, in their day-to-day -day life as I do when I live in London so like I said I think if there's an opportunity then of course um, it's been great for me to be able to do some traveling um, uh, to be able to go and coach and work with young people but when you are when you deal with it every day <laughs> or when you have dealt with it um, it's pretty much just part of your makeup really that you, you know 
it's, you know it and, and that's where your resilience comes from. Resilience, yes. What a word, resilience. Well, on that note, and yeah, massive, massive uh, nerves touch, especially personally with myself. My, my, my son is Taiwanese and English mixed. Even at the park now, he has full Taiwanese kids saying, oh, are you a foreigner or Taiwan? And he, he says to them in Chinese, I'm Taiwanese. And then he'll say in English, I'm also English. And he's three and a half years old. So that's exactly what you need to do. <laughs> that is how you deal with <laughs> questions from four-year-olds <laughs> at the park. Before, before we say goodbye, I just want to... Uh, give you a chance Manisha if anyone wants to follow you again we've already mentioned it how can they get in touch with you how can they follow you how, how can they check out some of your content so um uh, through my website um so www.swagalicious.com and uh, through instagram or uh, twitter which is just uh, swagalicious underscore Brilliant. And also we're going to be sharing, uh, obviously sharing this and we're going to tag Manisha in everything. So please give her a follow because it's very, very worthwhile. And so it's been massively educating for myself, like, like always, like every podcast. So Manisha, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time. Uh, I know time is very, very valuable and, and you're, you're very busy already. And uh, it's just been a, an amazing listen uh, and very, very educating for myself. Thank you myself Manisha absolutely fascinating to, to hear your experiences and, and going to be so valuable to so many people and again I will say it every week so valuable to me so thank you so much thank you for being asked thank you Manisha take, take care and uh, keep in touch because I'd like to get involved if I can with some uh, different initiatives which I may not be doing already so have a great evening uh, I hope your fitness and social distancing is going well and stay strong. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Matt. James, thank you so much for your time again, mate. Very, very uh, insightful and thought-provoking. Look at the words. I, I, I should be playing what, Scrabble right now. I nearly forgot the word Scrabble. <laughs> very thought-provoking questions like always, which is why we are a very good match because the less English I talk in my daily life, which is quite a lot, the more words and vocabulary I forget. Uh, you wouldn't believe that I wrote a book. I, I won't mention it again, but yes, I, I did write a book. So James, thank you very much. And uh, like always, mate, look after yourself. We'll talk very, very soon. Thank you, mate. Absolutely, absolutely Matt. Thanks so much again. Learn again, learn so much again. And um, yeah. Just keep listening to people, keep uh, trying to learn as many things as you can. And again, I said, I've mentioned it earlier, everybody who's listening in, leave your ego at the door and learn from everybody around you because everybody can add value. Thank you for joining us for another episode, everyone. And if you don't want to miss any more episodes in the future, get yourself onto Google or whatever search engine you use. Type in to the search, developing your football world podcast then you can subscribe, then you're going to get notified every time there's a new episode out. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. I sure did. It's been a pleasure and thank you all for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy. Talk soon.